Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective right here on planettyra.com. I'm your lovely host on Wanda, and today I'm joined by my grumpy git, Simon Red. The same as last week, motherfucker. I don't know why you need to announce it like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, got a, you got a different tone this time, and I'm sure when we speak about this title, people know what I'm talking about. Guys, last time we actually spoke about Woody Allen's final movie for the 1990s, which was Sweet and Low Down. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a card in the top right-hand corner so you can go back to that discussion. As always, this is part of a Woody Allen playlist where we've been covering all the Woody Allen's movies. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome to the Woody Allen Retrospective, guys. Boy, we are now entering a new millennium. And guys, all of these discussions are spoiler discussions. Yes, we're kind of through the halfway point on the Woody Allen movies. We are entering a new millennium. It's the year 2000. We're going to talk about a non-directed Woody Allen movie. And as always, I'm going to let my man Simon Rad tell you what it's about. And then we're going to break it down. Because I had some fun with this one. You had fun with this one. All right. Well, I guess it's just me then. Like you said, we're in a new millennium. The year 2000. And we're speaking about the movie Picking Up the Pieces that stars Woody Allen. But it's not directed by Woody Allen. It's directed by Alfonso Arau. I hope I don't butcher that name too much. Uh, he's a, a Latin American director, hmm. which is appropriate because this movie is set in Texas, close to the Mexican border. Yeah, a town in New Mexico. Yeah, basically, yeah. And uh, he has accomplished. His first movie is critically acclaimed as far as a breakout picture. But I know him from a, a different one. I know him from... Here, here's, a, here's a good trivia question for you. It's a 1999 film starring Keanu Reeves. Can you guess what it is? It's called A Walk in the Clouds. But do you know what it's about? Because the title won't tell you. Not at all. It's the Chocolate Salesman movie. Where Keanu Reeves is the chocolate salesman. That's actually a pretty decent film. Wow. Okay. That is educational. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, after he did The Matrix, uh, they picked this movie up because I guess it was easy to distribute and cheap. You, you had to see it a million times around when The Matrix was the number one movie or, you know, really popular movie. But mm-hmm. I believe the movie that made him famous is called Like Water for Chocolate. And, you know, huge curricular plays. So you can see why a lot of people were drawn to this movie. Not only Woody Allen, but people like Kiefer Sutherland, David Schwimmer, you know, Ross from Friends. That yep. was 90s was his decade. You know, another underappreciated actor, you could say. Isn't he like the American version of Hugh Grant? I always thought he could have filled that spot, but he never did. I, I never mind him. You know, people said uh, the breakout star from Friends was the depressed guy who, who's on Suicide Watch now, Matthew Perry. Yeah. yeah his biggest accomplishment in the last 10 years is what, <laughs> was filling in with Zac Efron for the movie 70 or again. True, where true. He, he was literally what you didn't want to become <laughs> when you became an adult, adult. But not to get sidetracked. We also have, um, I want to get the female lead's name up because uh, she left an impression. And I well, believe well, well, she... While you're looking for that, I will mention the other the other couple just to save you a bit of time. Sharon Stone, Woody Allen's ex-wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. A young cameo by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Again, very good catch, yeah. I'm glad you spotted that as well. And a black face. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Griffin, the comedian, which it was very out of nowhere, but hey, you're welcome to the party. Also, we have uh, Cheech Marin, 
who was also in, uh, I believe, uh, From Dust Till Dawn, if I got that correctly. Yeah, and we know how you like the name Cheech because you said it a multiple times. I, I love the name Cheech, but I love, love him more as the pussy guy from Dust Till Dawn. You know, that, <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. But I think, uh, oh yeah, here we go. Maria Garcia Kukinota? Chuchinota? As soon as I saw her, I knew you was in love, Simon. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it, she's like a Mexican Catherine Zeta-Jones. I was like, this movie's awesome. Five stars. But to be honest with you, no, it ain't. Even she couldn't save this. I'm sorry. So you're like, okay, okay. After half an hour introduction, can we finally learn what the movie's about? Well, the movie's mostly about nothing. But <laughs> the plot revolves around Tex, played by Woody Allen, who's a butcher, pun intended, and you know what I mean in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But he's also, because, he, you know, the title is picking up the pieces. So some people who may just don't give a shit and just listen to them our discussion without watching the movie. They're like, okay, picking up the pieces. He's a butcher. Let me guess. He's going to chop somebody up. Exactly. So the movie opens up great if you're a Woody Allen fan. Because you never see Woody Allen. You have never seen him do anything like this. He's in the middle of the desert in Texas driving a truck dressed like a cowboy. And you're like, what the hell is this? He's really doing something different with this character. Yeah. But not that much. He's mm -hmm. mostly a, a kind of neurotic, insecure husband type who, like I said, is a butcher. But he also has apparently an ongoing magic show or at least a one-off magic show with his wife, played by Sharon Stone, who's very attractive but kind of flaky. Mm -hmm. I, I know you, you can see where this is going, so... In an internal, well, not internal, he talks to his dog in a monologue, setting up the film while he's in the car. He's explaining what happened. He was deeply in love, tried to make it work, but Sharon Stone kept cheating on him. So he chopped her up with a chainsaw live on stage and disguised it as an actual act. You know, when somebody gets sawed in half in a box. So that but, was on purpose because I, I wasn't sure if it was that. It was on purpose that he did that, right? There's a close up of him laughing while he does it. So that's pretty self explanatory. I wasn't sure if he was laughing or he was kind of like trying to play for the audience that it wasn't fake, so he kind of fucked up. Because rem remember that New York stories all puts Rex when That's his mother... That's what I was about to say, that he had the same look on his face that yeah. when his mother gets stabbed in the magic show in New York stories, exactly. it was the exact same thing. Yeah. So, nah, 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 nah. It, that was on purpose. Okay, I know you're right. I know there was a scene that later they cleared it up, but I was right. like, okay, fuck you. We're going. Okay, anyway, can we, let, let's just get through the basics of this movie because I know you probably have a lot to say about this and a lot to tease me with. So I just want to get it over because yeah, I, I, right. I find yeah. it, I, it's a painful memory because I had to sit through this. Hmm. So, okay, you're like, so how does Kiefer Sutherland come in? It's the <laughs> 90s, so let me guess. He's playing a semi-hostile, racist-type, bigot character. Yep. He's a sheriff called Bobo. Oh, and funny of course, yeah, oh, yeah, corny <laughs> as hell. And of course, he was fucking Woody Allen's wife. You know, excuse my French. And that's everyone and, with the rest of the whole town, by the way. Everyone was fucking Woody Allen's <laughs> yeah, wife. Yeah, exactly. Basically everybody. And he's pissed. And he's looking for the girl. So Woody's on the run trying to hide the seven pieces of his ex-wife, now ex-wife. And this is where the movie turns... You know, takes a takes a surprising turn right in the first five minutes where he hides most of the body under a tree, but he misses an arm that has the middle finger up, kind of pointing at him like, fuck you. Yeah, his wife's hand with the middle finger up. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And it, a blind woman finds it, mm -hmm. and suddenly it cures her blindness. Mm -hmm. Enter David Schwimmer, who's a flaky-ass priest, semi-love with the lovely prostitute played by, you know, Maria Garcia. 
in this small town where all the rest of the characters, including Joseph Gorelevitt and the more colorful side characters, uh, roam the town and try to make things work. But in the introduction scene, you can see that it's a bit of a dump, and David Schwimmer is just kind of passing by. He's like a casual priest who doesn't, you know, he tries doing his best. He cares about the people, he cares about the town, but he doesn't really care about the religion. I mean, he just mm-hmm. crawled out of bed with a, with his, you know, semi-hooker girlfriend, who they have like this... Uh, I love you, I love you not dynamic where she's trying to make him jealous by sleeping with as many clients as possible while he tries to pretend that it doesn't bother him because, you know, he's a man of God and whatnot. But he also wears jeans, so you know it's cool because he's in the 90s and he wore, he's wearing <laughs> Kelvins. But surprising subplot that turns into the main plot, the magic finger that cured the blind woman, she takes it back to town, the doctor analyzes the chick, says it's a miracle, David Schwimmer analyzes the hand. He's like, I have no clue what's going on, but let's put it in the basilica or the temple or, the, you know, the church, whatever you want to call it. He's against doing that, actually. He wants to give it to the police. He's, he just doesn't believe in miracles. Well, he finds the wet wedding ring, but yeah. that's where it ends up. He's just mm. like, he's pushed into it. Yeah. And he's like, okay, whatever. And then, what do you know? The miracles keep on going and going and going. And actually, special effects are kind of cool because one guy who doesn't have legs <laughs> yeah. touches the thing. And that's where you know that this movie's going to be crazy because this is all in the beginning. And you're like, okay, is it a miracle? Maybe it's a mystery, you know, because there's still the, like, the crime movie storyline with yeah. a They don't uh, fuck around. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, guy with no legs touches the hand. Boom, his legs grew back. And that's it. Guy wants a big ass dick. He gets a big ass dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woman <laughs> wants... Woman with massive what? tits. She's going to get yeah. massive tits. I mean, everything people ask for, it, it happens. You you take over from here. Because I, I, I can't take it anymore. I'm like, this movie's going to be crazy. And then it just turns it all. And that was my problem with it. So entertain me while you thought this was anything above meh. I'm, uh, you know, I'm more surprised. This this is my thing with the movie. Let me say something about it. It's not a good movie. And I'm I usually say this at the end, but... The reviews for this movie are scathing. This is one of the most down-overlooked movies, but this is a very curious movie to the Woody Allen fans because they just don't understand, again, how he got the cast and why he did this movie. And the people behind the scenes, are the, it's, that's the most interesting thing, the people behind the scenes and how this movie got made, which I'll get into. But before that, the reason why I'm surprised why Simon doesn't love this movie is because a common theme that Woody Allen and our co-host, our buddy Simon Shares, is their disdainful religion. And this whole movie is just insult upon insult upon religion. The whole main theme, basically, is a woman who was unfaithful to her husband. Her hand, she gets murdered by her husband. Her middle, her hand, at the time of her death, is given a middle finger. That middle finger is more powerful than religion and is granting people's wishes. All through the movie... That middle finger is showing is showing itself to everyone. Fuck you. That's like a big fuck you to religion. And everyone loves it. And it's growing everyone wishes. Now, I asked Simon this. Why, I don't understand why he can't see that blatant disrespect, comedic disrespect to religion. And he said, then, what do you say, Simon? Because it's real magic. Because the movie plays it serious. That's what you said, right? Well, A, yeah. Because the cat's out of the bag really early on. That, you know... There's no suspense, like, is it just a weird coincidence? Is that the commentary that there was no miracle, but all these crazy religious people think it is? Yeah. And obviously, needless to say, once uh, the the hand arrives at the church, the town does a complete 
360. Like everything turns around or 180, I should say. Oh, I, I, I would disagree. The town goes to complete debauchery. Once everyone gets their wish, everyone turns into a greedy, selfish piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, but the, the tour, but the money comes in. You know, the town was broke, and now there are all these tourists. That's yeah, they, they don't use it for good though. They just use it to sell out. They, everyone well, well, in town that's the commentary out. of that's the commentary of religion. It was yeah. literally like uh, when Mel Gibson did uh, the Passion of Christ. Yeah, and they were selling like you know the cross and uh, the equipment they used to put Jesus on the cross, and all this stuff was merchandise for the movie. And I was like, this is some crazy ass nonsense that people were buying it in droves. But this is the shit you're always saying. That's what I don't understand why you did like the movie because everything you bitch and say about religion is exactly what this movie is perpetuating. The preacher of David Shum is playing, yeah? He has line after line. He's he's a cynical priest. There's even lines where he says this woman comes to the church. Oh, my eyes, my eyes are cured. He's like, the church is no place for getting excited and for praising God. Yeah, that was funny, <laughs> but... He says like, shit like that all through like, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, Simon's going to love this movie because all the people doing are shitting. The narrative is shitting on religion. And and to take it even further, you might even call that subtext. If you're not smart, maybe you just pass that by you. Oh, no, Woody Allen, he makes it clear as day for you. Near the end of the movie, there's a scene where he's in jail and his ghost wife comes to see him. And he just spells it all out for you. There's a scene where he's like, you know what, all these people are believing in these miracles. Why don't you just, you know, tell them? Wouldn't it be, why don't you just tell me this afterlife? You know what she turns around and says to him? Do you remember what she says to him? No. She says... They need to go and fucking figure it out for themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. I re- now I remember. See, yeah, I, I get all of that. But here's the problem. And I appreciated that. Trust me. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that helped me get through the movie. And the fact that before the internet, they could cast Joseph Gordon Levitt as a Mexican kid and nobody had a fucking meltdown. That was funny. That was funny. Not, not like, you know, it's appropriate, but, you know, whatever. It was fun to see him anyway, even yeah. though he, he's obviously not Mexican. Yeah. But uh, we're not going to get into that. But here's the main problem. The main thing that bugged me, even though I like that it makes fun of religion, that it pokes fun of, you know, how it's supposed to be, you know, all about self-sacrifice and sacred and, you know, forgiveness. Everybody turns immediately selfish. They just want their own personal wishes granted. We go from medical urgency of curing blindness to just having a bigger dick or bigger tits or whatever. It's basically plastic surgery at that point or making the town more wealthy, everybody's greedy, everybody's selfish, they, they sell the hand as merchandise, nothing's sacred anymore. I get it, I get it, it's on your nose. The problem is that there's also the subplot with Bobo. Fucking Bobo, <laughs> like the, that guy. And, oh, and Kiefer Sutherland, oh my god. Yeah. Go on. Such a great actor, yeah. completely underused. I mean, he did this character a million times. He did this in A Time to Kill. You know, it was he's just like a rage-filled lunatic. And his function in the story after the first half hour is where he runs out of plot that every now and then when things get boring he just randomly shows up in the middle of the scene with a gun shoots it in the air says this guy's coming with me and then he fucks it up he makes no sense his character makes a... i'm criticizing you or not loving the movie i have an opinion i haven't even said yet but i'll, I'll jump off your back creeper Sutherland's character makes no fucking sense at all because he's upset with woody allen that he can't cheat with his wife anymore <laughs> like you're having sex with his wife and you're trying to crucify him where's your fucking wife I want to fuck her again that's his whole motivation through the whole movie he wants to fuck his wife and he wants to find out what he's done with his wife and he immediately he immediately jumps to the conclusion that he's that he's killed her just because he caught them which is right and he's a cartoon as you said his name is fucking Bobo I mean Kiefer Sutherland 
took a character named Bobo. I mean, from that point on, I couldn't take his character seriously. And just like you said, under Simon, you saying he's underwritten, underused, the understatement. His character is a fucking cartoon character, like everyone else in the movie. He, he's Wiley Coyote. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah, he just needed a sign that says "ow" or something, you know? Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. But as soon as I saw his name was Bobo from that point on, and he played into it, Kiva Sutherland is very choosy with his roles. So when I saw that, I, I just wrote him off like this guy is just obviously having fun. He knew why he picked it. He read the script. He's just going buck wild like a fucking maniac through the whole movie. And I was just <laughs> like, okay, just like Sherman Stone being the unfaithful wife, being ditzy and stupid after. She wasn't, wasn't she just a celebrity for the island? Now she's playing this cheating, ditzy wife with a stupid voice. Who was voice. she a celebrity? She was one of the celebrities or something. She, she only had a little cameo. She wasn't no one major. Oh, so, so. okay. Joseph Gordon-Levin, before he was even big, he's you don't even notice him. He's just a happy kid. And as I said, David Schwimmer, he's a contradiction because like you said, you're meant to be a priest, but you're cynical. You don't believe in the miracles at all. You're, you're having sex with a, a prostitute, but you don't well, want you to you love her. you can't blame him for that. You, you, you really can't blame him for that. It's not I blame him. I'm just like his character. It's, this whole thing, and I'll get to my opinion now, is played, it's meant to be a satirical comedy about religion set in Mexico. Honestly, to me, this was a silly, fun movie. I just watched it. I'm like, no one's being serious. This is another movie, just like Scenes from a War, more where Woody Allen is just blowing off steam. But the difference between Scenes from a War and this movie is this movie is completely written around Woody Allen. The whole narrative is around him, period. He sets the movie up, he's responsible, and he keeps on inserting himself in the plot. And to be honest with you, Woody Allen's kind of annoying because he talks to himself, he talks to his dog, he's just kind of waffling around, he does all of his classic Woody Allen jokes, and he doesn't really fit in the movie. He's kind of a sore thumb, but just seeing him force himself in all these situations, being manhandled by Kiefer Sutherland, running around. There's even a part where he goes he goes to get the hand back because he wants to bury it because he's going to get arrested, obviously, if they trace it back to him. So he goes yeah. to get the hand, goes and lines up, and this old-ass man, this 60-year-old man, somehow outruns the hand out of the place. He even bottles David Schumer on the head, which is shot really badly, by the way. You're meant to believe he basically gets out of the whole town <laughs> with the hand. <laughs> and the only person he even manages to keep up with him just a little bit is Kiefer Sutherland. And even then, he basically gets away with the hand. It's like, really, the whole town, all these young, old people, the cops, no one can get with the hand. It's like, this is this is some slapstick, um, stupid... I can't... There's a show that reminds me... That just reminds me... It's just the dumbest of comedies, but it's so ludicrous... I couldn't take it seriously. And yeah, I, I had fun with it. I just like, this is so dumb. But it was watchable because I thought the satirical poking fun at the religion was fun. And there's, a, there's one thing I want to ask you, Simon, because when you went through the Wikipedia, you um you looked at the director. Did you look at the writer? No, no, no. Bill Wilson. I, I mean, I tried, but there's no... Like, I couldn't find more information. I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's not jump this. Bill, Bill Wilson. I went on his IMDb page, and guess what he's written before? Uh, the phone book? I don't know. His 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 uh, notebook? I don't know. His diary? What did Nothing he write before? at all. This movie is his only credit. Hmm. That's kind of weird. <laughs> okay, so Bill Wilson is 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 it is this is this Bill Wilson a fake name from somebody else who submitted Maybe. this script under a fake name? Let's, let's just, honestly, Simon, look at the script. Look at the way, honestly, I've never seen that. Woody Allen's, we've spoken about four or five movies that he's been directing that he never wrote. And they're clearly, you can see it wasn't him. 
you said this in the very beginning. This is a Woody Allen movie through and through. The only thing that is clearly not is the direction, the way it's shot. It's very different than he what he would do it. But the writing where it's set, yeah, yeah. But the writing from head to toe, again, Woody Allen loves having this supernatural element, just like he did in the um the the cinema movie set in the thirty to the Purple Rose of Cairo, where you know there's people coming out of the movie and everyone it becomes a spectacle. People come in. It's the same kind of concept. The same kind of every all the jokes he does here. This movie is obviously written by Woody Allen, and the, and obviously the reason why I wouldn't put his name on this is because if he did, with this much insult to religion, he would have got lambasted for it. Because honestly, it's he he really went far with this one. The last line in the movie. Do you remember what the last the way the movie ends up? The last line in the fucking movie. That was the best line in the entire movie, and he quoted himself from um, yeah the front yeah because he basically says, "I think God is sending us all a message." And the message is, if you can't take a joke, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. I actually laughed out loud. I'm like, that should have been the tone for the whole movie. To me, it was. I saw that. To, this movie was a fucking, honestly, this is, Woody Allen showing that. Look, man, I did the Adam Sarnie shit for Adam Sarnie did. I went to go to Mexico. I had a concept that I didn't want to make a full-blown movie. So I'm going to go to Mexico. These actors just want to be in my film. Fuck it. I'm not going to put my name on this shit, though. And it's a Woody Allen movie that he just let one of his guys directed. And actually, speaking of the director, uh, what's the name? Alfonso Aru. Do you know how old this guy is? He's very old. He was born in 1930-something. He's three years older than Woody Allen. Yeah, 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 yeah. He He's got no credits old. either. He's no, got no, no, no American credits. He's got Mexican credits, Mexican movie, but he's done... This, honestly, this whole fucking thing is a shame. <laughs> this whole movie, to you, me... You think, because he yeah. has those two other movies, but... That's why I was surprised he, how Woody Allen ended up working with this guy. Because this guy is so selective, right? He had a run of these three movies in the 90s. And after that, he did stuff in Mexican television. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah. He did say, he was noted on Wikipedia, he said that the only reason he worked on the movie is because Woody Allen was in it. And I'm sure that's why everyone else came aboard. But it's always, this, is, this is so clearly written by Woody Allen. And that's fine. And just speaking about the direction for a minute, for a minute. The movie is shot. It looks nice, but there's a lot of shadowing. I don't know if it was all on purpose. The lighting's not very good. Some of the scenes are shot kind of rough. I don't know if it's meant to give you that Mexican kind of camera kind of feel. I liked it. I actually liked the look of it. It was a little bit scatterbrained, but it was different. And seeing Woody Allen in this 90, sorry, early 2000s kind of romp, just it was just a very loose, fast and loose kind of movie with a ridiculous narrative. Look, I said this from the beginning. This is not really a good movie. I'm not even going to deny that. But I kind of saw for what it was. It's just really silly. The movie went on way too long. If it was an hour, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. An hour and a half? No, 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 no. This It went on too long. By the end, it went off the rails completely. At the end, Woody says, you can't take a joke. Fuck you. Because that was... I was like, yeah. As soon as he said that, I said, yeah. Yeah. He was just blowing off some steam again. When Woody Allen does his own movies, it's like he's in his own world. He has this prestige, the camera work. But I, like, I actually like to see him every once in a while do something else. And out of all the other movies we've seen that he didn't direct, this wasn't hard for me to watch. But again, it wasn't a good movie. But out of all of them, I thought, I mean, putting this up against scenes, scenes from a mall, this, this, was much, this was much more watchable. That's not even a contest. You know, that scenes from a mall is atrocious. This is an atrocious movie. This is watchable. It's just the comedy element falls flat because we kept getting, you know, distracted by Kiefer Sutherland who's one note, his storyline, he's underused. 
and then the movie goes on for too long. And sure. when you said, oh, when the, Woody Allen gets the hand and he runs away, and I'm like, that's where the movie really falters because sure. you had the plot set up. And then you have this ridiculous chase scene that is really slapstick and Kiefer Sutherland keeps tri- tripping over his own shoelaces and it's not yeah. funny. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, the best part of the movie is the town. It's like almost like Back to the Future where you see the town in its original state and then you see it in a completely new state when the sci-fi element comes in or the fantastic, you know, uh, fantasy, mystical element comes in. You know, the town transforms and the people transform accordingly. So that was fun, but then you remove all that and you get back to Woody Allen in jail. Are they going to arrest him? Are they going to kill him? What's going to happen? And it's like, okay, I I mean, I'm not that interested in this because to me, you already established that this freaking hand can change anything. Yeah, Time and space. Mm -hmm. Grant wishes is the freaking genie. Uh, I was expecting Robbie Williams to come out of there at some point, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. It's just the stakes were not there and the comedy wasn't there because mm. we kept going back to the, the crime element, which, you know, it was just uneven. And I yeah. thought that I was really interested in the movie when it started because I'm like, this is really different. This is a very different setting for Woody Allen. He's not directing, so maybe he can flex himself as an actor. I always enjoy him kind of doing that, you know, playing flings slightly differently. He always gives very good performances. I really liked him in the front, even though he was slightly similar to himself, but a more asshole version, a more conniving version of yeah. uh, his on-screen persona. I even liked him in the scenes from Mall. I thought I it was f- funny that it made him like an alley guy, even though that's an inside joke to anybody who's a fan of Woody Allen. Yeah. But I was like, okay, this is completely different. He's like a Texan. He's like a, you know, he's like a country guy. He's a redneck or something. You know, where is this gonna go? But. It just went to the same place. Yeah, same. He was just rambling, rambling to himself through the whole movie. It was kind of funny, but it was just too much. He just overdid it a bit. It almost like they had this stage performer character fought out with the dog, but then they didn't do much with the dog either, you know? It's like it's not like the dog had to save him from many traps. And There was a scene where the dog called him in jail, and I was like, really? That's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like it was uneven i'm like if you're gonna do this type of comedy go all in you know but i thought he did to be honest i thought he went all in ridiculous this was a looney tunes cartoon yeah but not not all inconsistent and maybe it should should have been animated i mean it would have probably probably flopped i mean an animated movie about a dead hooker's finger giving the bird to religion yeah and granting wishes (laughs) yeah i'm like yeah try to teach uh, you know, pitch that idea to Disney. You know, <laughs> see, you see what they say if they fund your movie. Like, I got this great concept, guys. <laughs> All right, let me ask you a question. Because over the last two non-directed Woody Allen movies, I said this to you, but this is one time I disagree. Because I'm thinking, I always say that, oh, you know what? If Woody Allen directed the movie, it would have been better. Nah, because this is Woody Allen's writing. The only thing that would have made better, he would have made it look better. But I still, I, I'm, I guarantee, if he directed this movie and wrote it, which I know 100% he wrote. I would have felt the same way. I'm telling you. I don't think his directing would have changed my love. For- and actually, I don't know if you guys, if I didn't make this clear, I think I like this movie less than you. I'm only surprised. That, I know it might not sound that way. I'm only surprised that I felt like this would be catered more towards your tendencies, even though you said they didn't pull off what you would have liked. I don't understand that. But I, when I was watching me, I was just like, it's humorous, but not my kind of thing. I think someone like this more, especially because it's an attack on religion consistently all the way through. 
But I just thought, again, actually, I thought this was a very meh movie. Very, very, very meh movie. I just like seeing Woody do something different. That's what I... And it wasn't the hardest watch, you know? But it's definitely a skippable movie. Not a good movie overall. Not on Woody Allen's calibre. And he didn't even put his name on it. But it's his movie. He's in it 100%. He's carrying the whole movie. So, you know, it's a Woody Allen movie without a doubt. My favourite character... Can you guess who my favorite character was? Yeah, the hot chick you want to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And David Schwimmer. I thought that was great. And I He was good. And I thought that relationship was the most interesting thing for the director cuz it's a classic plot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Mexican movies, a lot of Spanish movies and a lot of Italian movies with the same setup, which is the priest falls in love with a uh, you know, prostitute. Yeah. So Lots of references there to pull inspiration from. And actually, the best scene in the movie is like, it comes out of nowhere. I actually like that subplot that she was so confident about her lifestyle, which was very refreshing to see that, you know, they don't make a big deal about sex in 2000. Yeah. Which is like 17 years ago at this point. So thanks for making me feel old. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, one of the nuns who come in to expect the magical hand comes in and just says, your soul is required in hell. You know, you would go to hell, you filthy whore. And she just laughs it off. But it gets to her, which I didn't like that much. But it propels the plot line that she also has a wish now. She wants to cleanse her soul and change her life. I thought she was going to wish herself to be a virgin at that point. I thought that's what they were going with I don't even know. But Woody steals the hand and the whole chase scene happens. And then out of nowhere, in this comedic-ass bullshit, we get this beautiful scene of her trying to save the tree when the miracles get cancelled out. And the tree that was wished to be beautiful suddenly is losing all of its leaves. So she's trying to put it back up in the pouring rain. And David Schwimmer sees her and he wants to reach out to her and she wants to reach out back to him. But it doesn't work. And I'm like... This is very well shot. I'm like, what the hell? You know, I'm watching a whole different caliber movie right now. This should have been the entire film. You know, like this black comedy centered around this, you know, strange, at least for American audiences, strange, unusual love story. Mm. But then we go back to, you know, whatever the hell this movie is originally tried to be, which yeah. I guess is, is just a bunch of nonsense yeah. that ultimately results in like, ain't the world crazy? whatever that's it that's exactly it simon you i'm I'm not going to add anything else on top so again i said this in the middle of the conversation if you go on imdb and rotten tomatoes a very frowned upon movie it's a shocker people look at the cast and say what the hell why did anyone sign up for this and did with the end this has been a bit of conspiracy woody allen wrote the movie i even googled it who is uh bill whatever the writer and they're like yeah it's woody allen everyone said it so I don't know why he was scared to. I don't know why he was scared to write his name on it. To be honest with you, because he would have been somewhat through so much real life controversy. This movie just would have been a bit of a wash. People would have just been, oh, fuck you, Woody Allen, you know. But or if he's gonna use a fake name, he could have called himself Jesus Gonzalez. I thought he would. Yeah, I thought it would more be more of an in joke. He would have made it a little bit more wink, wink, like he would have called himself a, one of his old characters or something. Because I, I tried to. Oh, maybe it's an anagram. So I'm like, nah, it's just, it's just. A, but the guy doesn't exist. I don't think that's a coincidence. That's the first time. Why would you not want all the credit of being in the, in, associated with Woody Allen movie? Does that make any sense? Maybe God wrote it himself. Or maybe it Funny. was your friend from the Woody Allen pages. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, maybe it was Danny. I think mean, you listen, Danny. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you go to his house and it, on the post box, it says Bill Wilson. You're like, wait a minute. On that note, I can't wait. 
for the Woody Allen Pages Watchers guy to get caught up so they can so he can do the research and find out what was going on behind the scenes because either Woody Allen wanted to go on holiday because he was doing Adam Sandler, he was doing Adam Sandler before Adam Sandler was doing it, or Woody had all the money. I don't know what I don't know. And you know what? All I will say is even at this age, I always says about Woody Allen. He's got a lot of energy, man. He's got a lot of spunk, and even in the movie, he's very energetic. He's putting his all into it. He's having fun, and you know, Woody Allen loves what he does. And again, it's a testament for him doing the movie he didn't direct, just having fun with all these actors. And honestly, again, you could obviously see Keith Sutherland, Sharon Stone, David Schumer, they all got involved because of the name. Woody Allen's name's got so much clout. They just want to be in a movie with him. Even if it's, a, if it's about being in Mexico, being with this magical hand thing, it's, it's so silly. Why would you sign up for this? Because of Woody. The power yeah. of Woody. <laughs> I, I thought it was the director because he did two good movies before this. But after that, even he dropped off the mat. Yeah. He, he was like, I, I peaked. I can't top this masterpiece. I was uh, like, okay. You sure? <laughs> you sure you don't want to do a part two? <laughs> it's, all, it's all Woody, guys. It's all Woody. Let's, let's leave this up. I know this is another one. Why did you guys talk about this movie for so long? Let us know what you think of the movie. Have you seen the movie? Do you agree with us? Do you think we're being too nice? Do you think this movie didn't even deserve a conversation? Hey man, we are covering every single movie. We are being further, and I hope you guys appreciate it. So again, on that note, I want to thank my man Simon Rad for joining me on this one, being the trooper that he is for his whole retrospective. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's another bullet in the gut. But hey, whatever. Well, we're gonna get to Woody Allen director's comedy next, and then we'll see what you think about this movie after that one, because <laughs> <laughs> that one, I don't know how you're gonna feel about that one. So guys, stay tuned to see what we think. Subscribe to the channel to continue joining us on the retrospective. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you. There'll be a link in the description. If you're on YouTube, there'll be annotations on the screen. And guys, we've been on long enough. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next recording. God bless. <laughs> you heretic son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>